0: Good morning, and welcome to, to The Queen is Dead. This is your hostess with the mostest, Marissa Madon. I am here with Killer Carla, and let's start off with a quote. Um, where is my motherfucking quote? Never trust your fears. They don't know your strength. Ooh, Carla, how do you feel about that one? You got to get closer, boo. Let me see. Oh. Never trust your fear. They don't know your strength. Tell your fear to shut the fuck up. It don't know you.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. Well, fear is a fear, and I mean it's just imaginary. It's just yes, it is. So it ain't real. It's not real. It's all in your thought. Mm. And you gotta just push that thought out. So
0: we've talked about attachments. Kinda. Of. We've kind of touched on attachments, but we've never really like talked about it like hardcore deeply. Um, And since Carla's been doing all this, you know, self-reflecting work, she's learned about the attachments and what they are. So there's four different attachments. Um, What do you want? Which one do you want to start off with, Carla?
1: Um, Well, I'll just I'll briefly just go through the the four. So there's a secure attachment, which is a confident, reciprocal, non-reactive, resilient, interdependent. Trusting person. Okay. You know, usually most of those time, they're... So it's just,
0: it's a secure person. Yeah, secure person. Okay.
1: You know, most of the time they're happy because they were raised in a secure household.
0: Assholes, you know, so, fuck y'all.
1: You know, so <laughs> their their care, their caregiver was consistent with them and yep. sensitive and nurturing. Mm-hmm. And so as a child, they grew up trusting
0: their needs will be met. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: the happy so person. So <laughs> they didn't
0: go into the world thinking that they, their needs weren't going to get met. They were just confident, they knew life was good, Um, and they don't go into the world with like fear, anxiety, and all that other shit. Correct. They're not anxious, (laughs) they're not any of those things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Now we have the anxious, Mm -hmm. which was, I used to be
0: an anxious attachment. Um, Anxious is... And why do they call it attachment? Is it because, why is it called an attachment?
1: Well, I never went into why it was called an attachment.
0: Maybe because it's something that's attached to you
1: forever until you fix it. Well, I just know is your care. I don't know who. I guess when you're younger, mm-hmm. you're attached. I mean, I never really went into it. Yeah. So I'm not going to really go into it.
0: Motherfucker. That. You're supposed to go into I, it. Well, Jesus. let me let me
1: go into the next one. Okay. So the next one is Anxious emotional impulsive moody insecure so that okay so this is the anxious person this is the anxious person all right so the anxious person is emotional impulsive moody insecure angry codependent uh you need frequent reassurance from people that care about you not trusting of others abandonment is a is a big one Mm -hmm. um relationships are stressful emotional negative unstable as caregivers you know the caregiver basically was not there, you know. You didn't know if the caregiver was going to be there, if you're going to get your needs met. Mm-hmm. Um, inconsistent. Ooh. Sometimes sensitive. Um, sometimes neglectful. Mm-hmm. And the child is acting out, you know, for attention yeah. when they're younger because they want that attention because they don't know when they're going to get it. So sometimes, you know, it was just inconsistent. Yeah. So, so
0: the caregiver was inconsistent. Sometimes they were sensitive um sometimes they were neglectful so that's why because sometimes they were there for you and sometimes they weren't there Mm -hmm. for you so that's the inconsistency and then the child acts out in a way to get their needs met
1: Mm. so
0: you have that
1: you know that child who's just like all over the place just you know they want that attention yeah they're acting out so sometimes when
0: when you think back what would you do as a kid to get somebody's attention when as a kid what would be the ways that you
1: would act out <laughs> so i remember you know i was an angry little kid mm-hmm. um and my my parents were do you, can, can you remember how far back you were angry like how little you were when you first when you were like angry i think i was probably in kindergarten i was very impulsive so if somebody were to upset me i would like lash out literally like i remember probably stabbing a kid in the in the hand
0: probably or you did no i
1: did let's remove probability okay what i did um it's like i
0: probably most likely stabbed him (laughs) (laughs) but you did
1: you did um yeah or you know i'll get into fights as a kid Mm -hmm. um you know i was just angry because i wanted that attention and Acting out in that way was I was gonna get attention from my parents. Yeah, you know some kind of way, and the reason being is because my dad was, again, you know he was an alcoholic, used drugs, so when he was either on drugs or you know drinking, he was happy, and you know he would show me his attention and you know he was there, and then he'll get in trouble, go away, you know jail, you know be be away. So I didn't have. Consistency, right there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And then my mom, she was a dismissive, and we'll get into dismissive in a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was there physically, but emotionally she was She's not checked present. out. Yeah, she She's was checked, checked out. out. So yeah. I really didn't get any consistency from her. I yeah. would get my my basic needs met, which was like food, food, and shelter. shelter. Yeah, yeah, but that was it. Like not emotional. So the emotional part would come from my dad,
0: and. You know, he was all over the place. So she was consistent in the fact that she always provided shelter and food. Correct. Like the basic needs. Yeah. But emotionally, she wasn't there. Emotionally, she wasn't. Your dad wasn't there, but when he would come, he would give you these little spurts of like emotional attentiveness. And he would give you that little bit of that attention. Correct. Okay. And so that's, you know, but again, he was in and out of jail
1: throughout my life. So... He was there, not there, a year or two, he'll come out, you know, mm-hmm. then I'll get that attention. And, but again, my dad was inconsistent as well because when yeah. he wasn't drinking or on drugs, like, he was not emotionally present. Yeah. So
0: it was just... So he had to be inebriated for him to give y'all affection. Co- correct. Was it u- so it was usually when he was, like, fucked up that he would give y'all, be affectionate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And when he was sober, he was a monster.
1: Yeah. So it was just like, OK, I had to be kind of distant because I know when he was sober, it was just like he was mean. And yeah. that's when I would get my ass beat. Yeah. When he was sober. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And then also that's where the codependency comes in. Like as an adult, as I grew up, you know, and I didn't know this as a teenager either. Yeah. Like, you know, I was codependent with with my ex-husband and tell if people don't know what codependent is tell
0: them what codependent is it's just basically
1: you're always relying and relying on the other person to fill your needs to 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 fulfill fulfill you yeah and so you feel that you have to constantly be clinging on to them and and always around them yeah and so that's not healthy yeah that's not healthy whatsoever interdependent is healthy like you do your own thing the other person does their own thing and then you have us to the togetherness yeah and codependency is the other person and you're constantly like always the other person you don't have your individuality it's just always whatever the other person's
0: going to do you're mm-hmm, just there mm-hmm. so that's not healthy i remember hearing somebody talk about like when women when people get divorced it's usually the woman that's a little more like broken mm-hmm. because women tend to and i don't and i don't know the background right because you always have to break it down a little bit more But that women tend to kind of change themselves from the inside out to accommodate their partner. When the partner, he never even really asked for that. Um, But we're willing to like change everything about us to be with this person. And then when there's a divorce, it's harder for them to leave because everything about them, they've changed, right? So when that person leaves, they're super broken because they don't even know who they are anymore. They did absolutely everything to change themselves for this other person who never even changed himself to begin with. He just stayed the same. Exactly. And so for us, I think if we don't catch ourselves, we do kind of tend to do that when they don't even really ask for us to change anything about ourselves and then when they leave you feel abandoned yeah you feel like oh my god this person just like I did everything for you I changed everything about myself for you and now you're leaving me
1: crazy it is and then um also you know that's where the trusting like growing up Mm -hmm. you know that I had those trust issues reason being because I didn't know if my the person that i was dating was going to be there so when i kind of felt that person like pulling back is like oh it my off triggers yeah my triggers will get set off and then my anxiety will kick You're up anxious. and i'm like oh mm-hmm. my god you know i have to so i did something wrong i have to people please i have to make this person happy so they won't yep. leave me yeah. so my people pleasing will go into full th- bone exactly yeah. full force and sometimes it was just like am I really wanting this person or is it my anxiety taking over? Yeah. Because of that, you know, my, my childhood. And so that would happen and I would be, over, yeah, overly sensitive to my partner's actions or moods. So mm-hmm. if some, a mood changes, it's like, I must've did something. I yeah. want you to be happy so we can be happy. Yeah. You know, instead of, okay, you take space because something's going on with you. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with me mm-hmm. or, you know, but, that was just like that codependency would happen. I would yeah. be like, I need to make you happy." Yeah. and um, yeah, so that's one, and the other one is the dismissive avoidant. So, that's the anxious. All
0: of that was the anxious. Person. All of that was the anxious. So. All right, the next one is the dismissive what? The dismissive avoidant, okay? So they're dismissive and they avoid. Correct, okay. So, so what are their dismissive avoidant
1: emotionally distant Ooh. learns to suppress their feelings mm-hmm. interdependent strong personal so boundaries.
0: interdependent is like they're independent yeah okay so i'm, I'm sorry i probably was yeah oh independent okay. independent okay, I'm okay. Sorry, independent, independent.
1: and so strong personal boundaries okay. you know their caregiver was distant and
0: disengaged Ooh. as a child believes needs won't be met you know, lack. So they, as a child, since the caregiver was, um, was a, what does it say? Distant and disengaged. And distant and disengaged. They learned as a child that their needs just wouldn't be met. Correct. So that's why they're like, "Fuck it, I'm emotionally distant. I'm independent." Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead.
1: And then, um, lacking desire to form or maintain social bonds, don't value close relationships, don't depend on others. Ooh. Now on this one. My one of my sisters, I have three sisters, so one of my sisters is a dismissive. And Mm. I I already seen this when I started learning about attachments. I'm like, she is totally a dismissive. Can
0: people be more than one, or they're usually just one? Yeah, there could be more, there could be more
1: than one, and I'll get into that in the next one. Mm -hmm. So, um, she, my little, well, my, my little sister, so at that time, my parents were going through a divorce, yeah, and my mom. My my sis, my little sister and my mom were always together. And so my mom would always tell my little sister, you do not need to depend on anybody. You need to depend on yourself. And yeah. she always had that in the back of her head. Yeah. And at that time, you know, my dad was not really around. Mm-hmm. um. So she never grew up with my dad being in and out of jail. You know, so he was probably. So he just wasn't around. He just wasn't around. Yeah. So she was just with my mom who Got was. Got it emotionally not there Mm. and so my sister always had that in the back of her head like you have to depend on yourself and not rely on anyone else yeah so I know growing up when I when I needed you know I needed closeness you know my anxiety would you know happened to come up and I needed some form of like connection, I would go to my little sister, but she would be so dismissive of me. Wow. And so sometimes I would, you know, my feelings would get hurt. But again, that was her attachment. It was just too much emotion for, for her. her. Yep. And yep. so she'll be like, God, Carla, you know, just stop acting like that. You know, and it was hard for me to stop acting like that because I always grew up as an anxious Because you were kid. like, I'm emotional, bitch. <laughs> like I'm trying to tell you my, about myself. And sometimes I'll be like, yep. you know, I would be like, just hug me. You know, it just uh-huh. hug me so I can calm and down. Girl, I
0: bet you it was burning her. She was like, Oh
1: she didn't want to hug. <laughs> She's just like there, there. I'm like, damn it, hug me. She Give me a real- hug you with like three fingers. She'd be like, Oh get a broom and tap me on the back. <laughs> hug you from six feet away. And so, um, she's just, I know it would oh make, my God. and so when <laughs> Girl, we're all fucked up, we are all fucked up. And so yet yeah, I have a
0: little, um, sensory blanket, mm. uh, you know, she actually Blue, got me one about <laughs> your sensory blanket. I love it. And I think I'm a, um, if, if y'all don't know, I have a son with autism. He's six years old. And I'm telling you when Carla comes with her fucking sensory blanket, it's a weighted blanket. It's 15 pounds. It's 15 pounds. Dude. He sleeps like a fucking Boo, when he came home from school that day and the weighted blanket, or not school that day, girl, he dropped out. <laughs> when he came home from school, or whatever, not from school, for whatever we were doing, he went straight to the sofa. Girl, knocked out. Yeah, that's the... Knocked out. Got under that blanket and just fell asleep.
1: Yeah, so she actually surprised me with it. I was like, who got me this blanket? I was like texting people. I'm like, did you get me this blanket? So it was a surprise. It, it came through Amazon and I had talked to her about it. And I was like, oh my God, I got a, um, a weighted blanket um, because she knew I was working on myself, you know, and I was not talking to anyone. I was just trying to mm-hmm. just be single yeah. and really work on myself. And the weighted blanket helped me a lot yeah. because it feels like someone is there or you know Getting hugging you, you. Huh. yeah and so it would actually put me to sleep and I would sleep throughout the whole night and my anxiety why I no longer have anxiety but I still love the weighted blanket my kids love it mm-hmm. Um, When I did stay with Marissa that day and I brought my weighted blanket for the first time, I had seen Aiden walking around. I'm like, what the hell? It was like three in the morning. Yeah. And so I told him, and I told him, come lay down with me. And so I put the weighted blanket on him and he fell asleep. And I think you went to go drop off Zaza. Mm -hmm. Y'all came back and he went under, he got back the weighted blanket and fell back asleep because, you know, they, it feels like someone is there. Yeah. So yes, I would suggest if you have anxiety, weighted blanket.
0: Yeah, or even a child with autism because yeah. they have, they have anxiety. Yeah, noises, lights, too many people, um, and that's a that's a lot of stress during the day. Yeah. Um, so that's something that can just put him directly to sleep. Uh, he he loves it. It's amazing. Uh, but your sister is a dismissive. Yeah, so and that's what we were talking about is her not being her having to teach herself. Look, I'm not getting my needs met, so I need to just be independent. I need to set my boundaries. Everybody needs to stay away from me. Um, And I'm not giving anything and I don't expect to get anything. Correct. They just, yeah. And so, um, and that
1: sometimes when I didn't, did need to talk to her, like, or when she was Mm -hmm. consoling me, I could see it on her face. Like it was really bothering her. It was just too much emotion for her. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that, you know, that's a dismissive person. Yeah. And then we have the last one. which is uh
0: the fearful avoidant the fearful so on this so we've got secure which fuck you bitches the next one is anxious okay we talked about that one the this one was dismissive and now this last one this last attachment is fearful correct so let's go
1: into that one um depressed angry passive Mm non-responsive they also have anxiety mixed feelings um hot and cold. So that's where they come from. Their caregiver was extreme. They were erratic, Ooh. frightening, passive, intrusive. Oh my goodness. As a child, severely confused with no strategy to um, meet their have their needs met. Wow.
0: And so... So the fearful is depressed, angry, passive, non-responsive because the caregiver was extreme, erratic frightening passive and intrusive they were just a mixed bag the caregiver was all over the place
1: Yes, yeah, so they didn't know oh my goodness how their needs were going and to be and met. that
0: is why the child was severely confused
1: that is correct and so that's why uh... and no
0: strategy how to have needs met so they didn't even know if they were gonna be independent or codependent or they didn't know and they didn't even know. There's no strategy, strategy, uh, strategy, strategy to get their needs met. That's scary.
1: And so, like, imagine as a kid, you don't know that the, who your caregiver, like, what are you going to get? You don't
0: know. You, don't, you never know what you're going to get. Exactly. And
1: so they're confused as well. They mm, don't know how I to think, feel. Are they,
0: I feel like they're the worst one.
1: Well, because they have anxiety too. So they have that dismissive and then they have that anxiety mixed in. So they want, they desire that closeness, but like at a distance, like they want to know that you're there, but at a distance. Yeah. You know, so when you start forming that bond, it's just like, okay, you know, you're getting too close. You know, they, they're in, they start to shut down. Like they don't know what to do. It's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, it's just too much. It's there. It's becoming overwhelming for them. Yeah. And so they either run away or they just push the person away. So sometimes it's not always like, the person is, how can I say it? Like in dating. Because I always, and I always would always end up with
0: a fearful person. Someone who was fearful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's that push and pull. Just, even just a little bit of everything, maybe. I think we've all kind of experienced somebody who had one of these, who was fearful, maybe a dismissive, maybe anxious.
1: It's just like, I feel like it, they have a lot of turmoil. They want, they want, they desire that closeness, but they don't know how. They don't even know what it feels like exactly it's just a fear like it that closeness starts to happen and it becomes a fear like it, they become overwhelmed like oh my god what should i do yeah and so they start to distance themselves you know to like to self soothe like mm-hmm. okay to calm down and then they'll come back around when they're when, they're, when their their anxiety right. kicks in like mm-hmm. okay i now i need to know if that person's still there yeah and so they'll come back around so sometimes it like in dating they can be a fearful avoidant and since i got back on the dating web, dating apps oh okay so I, i'll kind of go in through which that which apps are you on <laughs> i'm not girl? even going to go just into that just tell us give us a but anyway so on the <laughs> on the on the apps i got to have you and theomatis <laughs> on here at the same time so i will kind of go into it so on one on one of the apps i do ask like the guys like what is your attachment? And there's a few that did the, the the attachment
0: test. She's making them take a test, y'all. I
1: don't make them take a <laughs> test. they they can Google it themselves. And there's a there's five that actually did it themselves, uh-huh. and they came back and told me. Okay. And so three of them turned out to be fearful avoidance. Mm. And again, you know, and, Ooh, which is this one right here, the scariest one at, to me. And the reason being is because you know there, when they pull away, they try to distract themselves with some something
0: else yeah because they don't they don't want. they to, still don't want to be alone they don't want to be alone yeah. but
1: they don't want to form that bond because mm-hmm. it, it scares them yeah so they distract themselves and they try to like you know find somebody else to you know be there so the dating pool is higher with fearful avoidance yeah and anxious attachments i'm telling you man we're all fucked up in this world every last one of us <laughs> and so three of them came back fearful they told me one actually went into detail about yeah you know he does feel that he, he's always felt that way. He never, he never knew about attachment styles, yeah. mm-hmm. but when he looked into it, he was like, yeah, that's what I am. Wow. He was like, you and know- maybe
0: it'll cause them to start doing a little more research on themselves. Exactly. And yep. so
1: he was telling me that, you know, he was raised by his grandparents. Mm-hmm. His uncles used to beat him, yeah. you know, his parents weren't around yep. and, you know, he desires that closeness, but he has that fear also to get close because you know his caregivers his own family would do that to him yeah so it's just like he has all that going on yeah and you're in the dating pool now mind you the dating pool is higher with fearful and, we're, and anxious and we're not
0: just in the dating pool we're
1: in and the community in the, pool in the, in the like community we're in pool. the world together but, pool but again these most of the the attachments mm-hmm. is is those close bonds with yeah. people you know, and most of the time it's when you're dating. You can have friendships with people and mm-hmm. whatnot, but when it becomes that intimate, it's super that's close. That's when
0: they start to get fearful. Yeah.
1: And... then, But with the anxious, fearful, and dismissive. Yeah. You know, those three especially, because they're all insecure. You yeah. have that insecurity in you. No matter what. And so, um, yeah, that's in the dating pool. Two of them were secure, which is great, you know. Um, But otherwise, again when you're dating that's as you get older it just gets smaller and smaller but mm-hmm. you have a higher chance of most likely having an anxious and a fearful yeah so most of the time the anxious yeah
0: because the dismissive doesn't want to be around people any fucking way
1: they want they they're they're
0: they're crystal in, they're in <laughs> they're independent so yeah. so they're not re- usually worried about even forming a relationship with anybody so if it, the, happens, it happens it happens
1: if it happens it happens but yeah. they're independent
0: yeah you know so most likely the dismissive
1: will end up with the secure because yeah. they're independent and the secure person will understand okay this person needs their time mm-hmm. you know there's you me and then there's us so most likely
0: those st- ask crystal when she can come into a podcast <laughs> Crystal. because i want to talk about how it is to be someone who has the dismissive mm-hmm. attachments but is in cuz she's married and she has a family. You know it's her, her husband and her baby. And so how do you build that relationship with somebody and how do you maintain that relationship with someone when you are dismissive by by not by nature but you were raised in a way that made you pretty much independent. How do you learn to give up that independence a little bit and have a relationship with another person? Because that's kind of hard when you're dismissive. So when, after we did all of our, you know,
1: spiritual searching mm-hmm. and we're good now, you know, I did mention to her, um, she was just like, you know, her husband, she was like, yeah, you know, he wants to spend time together. She's like, yeah. I just don't know how. And yeah. I told her, I'm like, look. You have to spend time. Mm -hmm. At least slowly. Now, I'm not going to tell you start doing all this crazy stuff. At least set aside at least one time every two weeks. You know, that's slowly to kind of get into it. You know, for him, y'all can watch a show together. I'll watch the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, go y'all go out and hang out, you know, just a few hours. But give him that attention. Every day. I mean... You know, like to actually get like, the baby to sleep early, you know, dates, yeah. you know, but for dismissive because they're so used to that independence. So it's just yep. like, you know, you can't just be, get, jump right into it. You know, you slowly got to focus on your partner, just you and him time. Yeah. And so she started doing that, you know, <clears> but <throat> again, we'll talk to her. She wants to come do the podcast yeah, and discuss yeah, that, that, that would with be, herself.
0: That would be interesting.
1: But um, I don't even know what I was talking about. But yeah, that's the dismissive and they're fearful.
0: Um, Again, I would always end up with. They're the main ones in the dating pool. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones in the dating pool because again, they don't know. They want th- that closeness, so they're quick to get on the apps. <laughs> but then when somebody has interest, they're like, ah, yeah, exactly. I don't want this. <laughs> ah,
1: and so they'll they'll, they'll they'll push you away and they'll distract themselves with something else. <laughs> yup. And so then they'll come back around when they you when know they're, they're missing ready. their that person. They'll come back around. Yeah. And then of course me as the anxious, I would be like, oh no, you know, like. I, you know when I'll disengage and I'll be like, okay, it's time for me to pull back. You know, let me do my own little thing. That's when the person will come back around. You know. Oh, oh and another thing too. Most of the time, they'll say things that they don't mean. Yeah. They'll just say it at that very moment because like that's what? how they. That's how they they'll feel at that very moment, but then later regret it because again they have those mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. So at that time they might
0: be becoming like um. Like. Oh, in the this? moment they actually feel what they're saying it's just they don't feel the same way five minutes from you know what i mean like in, in five minutes the way that they feel can change yeah then the next then day like, fuck the why next, did i say that yeah exactly yeah. you know once once um when oh
1: my god what was i gonna say i guess like in a few days i would be like i regret saying that yeah. i shouldn't have said that they regret things a lot cuz their yeah. emotions change all day long. Yeah, because they have those mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to feel in that way. And then also with all these three attachments, it it's a it's a form of control. They have their own
0: strategies of control to yeah. try to get an outcome. Yeah. So, but that comes from their childhood trauma be- because they had no control. They had no control over how their caregiver was going to treat them and if there was going to be any kind of stability or if they were going to get get the right, get their needs met. Like, they had no control. Yeah. So now, as adults, they're trying to control as much as they can their environment yeah it's because it felt like shit not to have control so it's just you're
1: trying to control your environment as a kid you're like you don't know what to do i need to do this because to get this certain outcome because i don't want to get punished or you know i don't or i want love yes i don't want to be shamed yep so it's just it's a form of control so as you get older you're trying to do all these things i mean but again you cannot control anything
0: it's just all in your head um And it's crazy because these people who the anxious, the dismissive, the fearful, even the secure, they're raising kids and then they're teaching their kids how to be this way. And then they're raising kids. You know what I mean? It's like a vicious cycle until somebody says, "Okay, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going to heal myself, which is basically what you're doing. Like you're trying to end the you're trying to end the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That way your kids can grow up and they can be more secure. Um, Because I think that's the goal for all of us to just be secure ourselves, but then raise children that are secure. And so a lot of it, I did go to
1: YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, you know, if I wanted to have healthy relationships, I, you know, I really had to just focus in on myself, take some time apart from everybody else um at first it was really hard because again I was always so used to having someone there yeah and so um you know I did tell Marissa I'm like I would come over to her house I'll be like I just don't want to be alone but over time as I started to learn about myself I it's like I like to be alone (laughs) yeah now I don't mind it because I became independent yeah I do my own thing and when I go home I don't have that fear of I'm abandoned or I'm alone I don't have that loneliness and again with um, and I forgot to throw this in there for anxious and fearful avoidance, they have that that lonely feeling, yeah, you know you want somebody, but in, deep inside you have that lonely feeling, yeah. even though you have people that love you, mm-hmm. you still have that lonely feeling, yeah, and so um, as I started to do I've, as I started to work on myself, um, I actually went on to YouTube, the Personal Development School. Mm-hmm. It has great videos on there about... Um, Personal Development School. Yeah. They can find that on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. Um, about each attachment, about dating, what each Ooh. attachment is. You is know. that that
0: lady that you listen to?
1: I do. Okay. That's I, the lady, right? Yeah. I like her. And so um, I still... <laughs> I still go on there you know as a reminder i still have to like touch up on that like of course anxious you know i still still watch videos on manipulation narcissists you know just kind of like an alcoholic you still have to go and and learn and and keep up yeah so that's what i do for myself um but again it was really hard and learning how to let go of control in my mind because again it's all in your head um you can't control anything yeah and and I have another story. So one of them, my very good friends, and it just happened this weekend. Since I was on the on the dating app, mm-hmm. I happened to see this guy that she was talking to on the dating app, and so I took screenshots, sent it to her, and she was pissed. She was just like, "Oh my god, you know, I'm I'm tired of the bullshit." So she went ahead and hit him up. This was I think Saturday, so come Monday or Tuesday, I hit her up. I'm like, "Hey, what happened?" Oh, lie it's come Sunday she you know me and her talked on the phone, and she was like, "I don't know how to tell him and I'm like, "Look, you have to tell him and she was like, "I don't know what if I should just get on the dating app myself and you know to kind of make him jealous so he can see how it feels. I'm like, don't do that that's that's a form of control you're trying to you're trying to control a situation like you can't control it you're trying to get a specific outcome yeah so Tell him how you feel instead of trying to get on the dating app to try to get him back so he can see how it feels. That is so Ju- Just tell him how you feel. That's something healthy. Tell him yeah. how you feel. You're not wanting to know what the outcome is. That's why you're afraid to tell him how mm. you feel. I'm like, because they were supposed to only be booty buddies. But, then he, but she
0: started to have emotions.
1: But again, he started t- bringing her around his family. So that you yeah. broke you broke the number one rule. Do not <laughs> bring your booty buddy around family. Yeah. But that's <laughs> a lot of insecure people do that. You know, you know sh- what I'm
0: saying? Like they always But
1: they start off the, a relationship that way. Yes. Yeah. We're just going to be friends with benefits. Yeah. You know, like, OK, and then you start building that uh, those feelings and bonds and then you kind of just move from there. When it really shouldn't be that and, way. And
0: she should have said, uh, no, bitch, I should not be meeting your family. What the fuck is wrong with you? And so um, I just told her, I'm like, he shouldn't have brought you around the family.
1: You need to talk yeah. to him about how you feel because mm. you're, what you're going to do is stuff your emotions down. And you're going to still try stuff to him. stuff them down. <laughs> you still want to see him. He's already having a feeling something's going on. You know, he sends a change in you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's asking you what's wrong and you're saying nothing when there's something you know that you
0: just you caught him on the app and you know what's funny too is what i remember is like when i was probably like 18 19 years old and i would have like guys that were interested in me or whatever it was i just remember I, anytime they would ask me what was going on i would always say nothing because i cuz i didn't i couldn't i couldn't talk about it i don't think i had the the um what is it like the confidence to speak about Any of those, it it was with time that I learned how when people would ask me things, then I would open up about how I felt. But when I was younger, it did did take time for me to open up about, you know, like when somebody would say what was going wrong or what was going on, I would just say nothing. You know what I mean? And there was like 5,000 things going on with me and I would just say nothing. Yeah. So that's that insecurity. And then
1: also with the the anxious, the avoidant and the fearful, you don't you don't know how to communicate properly. Like you just kind of like hold back because you're afraid of speaking of how you really feel and which you really need to speak on how you feel. Cause nobody's a mind reader. You know, yep. you're feeling one way. The other person's feeling another way. They're thinking everything's okay. And then deep down inside you have all and this going okay. on, yep. you know? So, and then also within yourself, you're not speaking how you really feel and it's causing chaos within yourself because you're not speaking on how you mm-hmm. feel, yep. you know, you're not being authentic.
0: So that's another thing too, like learning how to be but authentic. It, yeah, but it just takes time to build up that courage and this, it, this to be secure within yourself to to express your feelings, because a lot of times when we don't speak how we feel, it's just because we're we're insecure.
1: Yeah, and so you're, you have all these expectations. You're placing all these expectations on this other person, mm-hmm. and they don't even know that you're placing those those expectations. So yep. you're not gonna get. You're, you're just going to get a shitty outcome because mm-hmm. they don't even know what's going on because you're not expressing it, Yep. You know so what you know, your needs are not going to get met because you're not speaking mm. on how you really feel. closed mouth, close mouths don't get fed. And so you're just out there, you know continues looking for someone to kind of fulfill you in that way, and, and they can't. They're not going to fulfill you, can you fulfill you.: You yep. can fulfill you, and if you come across another person that you are interested in. You know, you have to speak on, hey, this is bothering me. I don't like when you do this. So because sometimes people are not doing things on purpose. Yeah. You know, they're just living the way they're used to living.
0: They, yeah, the You way know, they were
1: taught. And so, again, exactly like Marissa said, the way they were taught, the way yeah. they were raised, the way everything was in their environment. You know, so you have to have that in the back of your head. Like, hey, we, we were raised different. Just yep. let me speak on, you know, this, if that person really cares, is interested. Okay, they'll they'll make that change, you know, but you not saying nothing is nothing will change yeah. with you not saying anything whatsoever. So yep. you need to learn how to speak up.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it's crazy. Out in the world, you can be functioning fine at work. But when mm-hmm. it comes to like close relationships, it's just like, you know, that fear kicks in. The fear kicks in. Yeah. And it's fear. It's all in your head. It's just fear, you know nothing's going to happen to you. You can't control it. You just don't that fear of not getting the outcome. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason why you don't say anything. Yeah. But again, if you don't say anything, you don't know. It's that 50/50 chance. The possibility it can go great, possibility it can go shit.
0: Yeah. But you
1: have to say something. Yeah. You know, for yourself, at least you know I got it off my
0: chest. And then you just have to realize that nobody can fulfill you except for you. Exactly. Like, nobody can make you happy. Nobody can make you feel, um, you know, worthy. Nobody can do Nobody can do that for you. Exactly. Nobody can. And so, like,
1: now that I'm a secure person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I've mentioned a few things to, like, certain people, you know, and I actually had positive outcomes. Not everyone's like that, but... Yeah. You know it kind of lets me know you know where that person is at emotionally, like I can kind of pick a person, okay, this person is secure, this person's more likely anxious, this person's like fearful, this person's dismissive, you know, being around them, yeah, and so um, you know again, like now that I'm like stepping out into dating, yeah. I don't mind talking to these people, but it's just like you have to be open too, yeah, and so not making these men take tests, but they actually took it <laughs> took it upon themselves to do it. Hey, you know what? at least I I kinda know where they're at emotionally. I wish I had a test back then, I would have made Rome take it. You know, I know where they're at emotionally and then they also know yeah. and you know, it was just interesting like conversations with these guys. They were like, Well, I never knew this, you know, yeah, I, I do see this you know, over here, free therapy online. I'm like, yeah, yeah you can do this kind of work yeah. and da, da, da
0: But doesn't it feel good to help people, even if you're never going to meet them in person or even if it just it feels good to be like, okay, Google this, find out what your attachment is. Now they're probably going to start looking into what the fuck's going on with them and their life. Because a lot of people don't know... It all stems
1: from childhood. Yeah. Most of the time. The majority of the time. Hey, it's traumas All the time. Most of the time, you can be a secure person and you can have a traumatizing event as a teenager or realize. an adult. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that can happen. There's
0: always events. Even if you did raise... You were raised with a mother and father that taught you how to be secure. There's always going to be something that happens that makes you feel a certain way Mm. whether it was a comment that somebody made about what you were doing or it was a look that they gave you there's always going to be something that takes you back to that moment where you're like oh fuck that i I hated the way that felt and that just reminded me of that that trigger yeah there's always going to be something that happens that's a trigger but you just have to talk yourself out of it i say i'm gonna be okay fuck these people yeah so it'll be all right so yeah so now that i feel
1: secure I don't take it personal when someone does something or someone says something because I know within myself, I'm secure. I know what's true and what's false. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I let that person talk like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. You know what? I feel that's true and it kind of hits me a little bit. I'm like, okay, I need to work on that. But again, it's just, you're always going to stay in this pattern if you don't work on yourself, Mm -hmm. really look into yourself. And a lot of it stems from childhood trauma. Like um, I hate saying a lot because I feel like it's everything. And so one of my friends, well, there's two people, but one of them, um, really good friend. You know, I know he has a lot of childhood trauma as well because, mm-hmm. you know, he was one of the youngest, I think, out of um, four four brothers. Mm-hmm. And the two oldest ones, they actually, one went to state and one went to federal prison because they would dope deal in mm-hmm. the house, mm-hmm. always kick doors so that was traumatized he was the little kid. he was the little kid yeah he was the so, little so and i was in that mess too because my sister was with with the oldest brother so yeah you know i was like what's all this money on the bed what's yeah. all this on the bed oh my god i would take swisher sweet boxes as coloring coloring boxes to, to school, school? <laughs> oh, you know what no ma'am oh like <laughs> no ma'am that was my coloring box my swisher sweet boxes Oh my God, but, that's um, hilarious. But, you know, he went to school for criminal justice, you know, but he was like, he was fascinated with uh, attachments because he wasn't aware of it either. Yeah. Like a lot of people are not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like all these mental, um, what do you call it? Um, What was I going to say? Um, Like when you have all these mental health issues. Yeah. A lot of it stems from trauma. A lot of it stems from childhood trauma. All the time. You know, borderline personality, Mm -hmm. bipolar. And to be honest with you, like for my anxious, because I always had that moodiness, impulsiveness, always high emotion Mm -hmm. all over the place. They diagnosed me being bipolar and I was taking medication, but I didn't like the way the medication made me feel telling you man they never get to the root they always just say here here's the medicine go fix yourself exactly yeah and it turned out to be when i started looking into myself i'm like i was never bipolar it was my anxious attachment yeah and now that i worked on my anxious attachment i don't even fucking take medication yeah and
0: you know and that's the thing too is like i'm real i'm kind of funny about like depression and stuff like that because i do feel like it's A lot of people say, no, you don't understand, it's a choice. No, bitch, you're hyper-focused on everything that's wrong and you don't wanna take the time to look at everything that's good. Because you can really talk your brain, you can really talk your brain into thinking that you're sick. Like, I feel like if I would've gone to a doctor, they would've told me that I was bipolar, depressed, all this other stuff, and would've been quick to give me medicine when that's not what you need. You have to actually, instead of taking medicine, deal with what caused you to have those fucking issues when you go to the root you fix everything yeah and it always goes back to childhood trauma yeah so because
1: the medicine just numbs you it does numb you so they're like you know borderline um bipolar and it was never that it was my anxious attachment um you know i started i started smoking some you know wacky in, <laughs> and that actually helped me get into my own subconscious mm-hmm. mind my actual yep. thoughts in the back and that's where I would focus I would actually do my studying my reading because I love to read mm-hmm. and letting and changing my thought patterns you know that that was something as a kid I'm an adult yep. now I'm thought no longer I'm not no longer in that environment so I don't have to be hyper aware of my surroundings you know i'm an adult i know how to speak you know so i had to change that thinking pattern in which it worked it t- it took me a while but it actually worked i'm yeah. not saying you guys to go do any type of illegal substance drugs or anything like that you can go to colorado or california <laughs> but um you know just figure out a way how to unlock the subconscious and- mind and psychedelics—that's another, another, oh, honey, another time. That. But you know, it—it it really does help get into that subconscious mind. Yeah. And it helped me, you know, change everything. But um.
0: But yeah. you can even just find us, find a little, find a closet in your house, go hang out in there, take your tea, do your thing, take you a book, and just have some time to, for you. Because when you're all alone in your thoughts, is when you can really deal with what's going on. And so I was. I was telling one of my
1: friends, you know, she has post traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. you know, because of her childhood trauma. Yeah. And I told her I'm like, "Look, I love you. You're going to have to you're going to have to work on this. You know, I would suggest you journal, you know, when you feel something mm-hmm. come up and you want to suppress it because you want to suppress it. You don't in reality, you don't these In reality, you don't want to be alone with your thoughts. And when you are alone, you suppress your thoughts because yeah. you don't want to feel those mm, feelings you don't want to feel and so i told my friend i'm like you're gonna have to feel those feelings yes they're fucking ugly you're gonna you're gonna probably have those feelings of hate towards yourself because you're like how? why did you do that why did you allow this person to do this but because you never spoke up for yourself yeah you know it's really your fault yeah. nobody else's fault mm-hmm. but because of those childhood traumas you're just you keep blaming that like oh well you know, no, you can't blame anybody but yourself. Yeah. At some point, you have to take ownership. You're going to have to take responsibility. And, you know, you keep saying, oh, it's that person's fault. They made me mad. Or that person, if they didn't do this, I wouldn't be feeling this way. No, you need to learn how to take control and And that yourself, may be true.
0: That may be true. Of your but, feelings. Yep. You know, that's not their fault, you know, that well, you're reacting to this. hold on, hold on. It is their fault. But at some point, you're going to have to get to a point to where you're like, okay, I don't like feeling like this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were the cause of the all of these issues, but I can't I can't sit in that anymore. I've got to fix myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I told her I'm like, you know, during, when you feel something up, write it down, why am I feeling this way? Da da da. Why is this making you mad? Da da da. Okay. What where is this coming from? Where is this stemming from? And it's always going to go back to that trauma. Yeah. And then from there it's just going to open up a big old can of worms and It probably you're gonna get so over emotional, you just you're gonna have to take a break because I know I had to take breaks sometimes Mm because I didn't want to look. I did, because I was embarrassed. it gets
0: overwhelming. It gets overwhelming. You, get, you got to take breaks, man. You didn't get to take a break as a child. <laughs> so But it's okay. Now as you're dealing with it, you're going to have to give yourself a break. Yeah, and I would get overwhelmed. Some people can
1: only do it in increments. I would get overwhelmed. I would get embarrassed. Like, why did I do that? I will get angry. There will be times where I did get angry. I will cried. I cried mm-hmm. it out. And I, when I feel that anxiety like come up, I'm like, okay, Carla, sit in this anxiety. Feel this feeling. And it was sometimes so much. I'm like, just let it out. It's just a feeling and it will finally just go down and out. Do not hold it in because holding it in is like holding shit in. I mean, eventually it's going to have to come out. You're going to fucking destroy everything
0: inside because you're holding it in. Yep. That was fucking fantastic, boo. So dismissive, fearful, fearful anxious and secure. So if you've got that, if you're anxious, if you're dismissive, if you're fearful, don't have any fear, bitch. You can get through this. Um, and let me read y'all that quote one more time. It says, never trust your fears. They don't know your strength. All you got to do is tap into your strength. That's all you have to do. Tap into your strength. Um, find a place where you have some peace so you can sit there and then start dealing with the root of the issue um because if you don't then you're going to find yourself in this in this place where you never make any progress and you're always trying to like numb those emotions um so and it but it takes for you to go back like the way you did was with and and face the things that happened to you that way you can move on as a as a grown up and and have healthy relationships and that's really what it's all about
1: like those real quick so when you numb those emotions, emotions are there to let you know, hey, you need to fix something. Mm-hmm. When you suppress that, you're not fixing anything. That's you're right. just suppressing those feelings mm. and you're learning to keep taking on the bullshit. Yeah. You know, letting people treat you like shit, letting you know, you trying to people please like an emotion is like a red flag. It's it's letting you know you need to fix something. You ignoring it is not gonna go away. It's nope. still gonna be there.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so fix it y'all you're basically turning away from yourself that's what you're doing that you're turning away from yourself when you're ignoring and avoiding those feelings like you're rejecting yourself why would you reject yourself you're basically letting other people reject you that's why again you hang around just pay attention to the people you hang around with yeah like what is what is it that you have in common with this person because most of the time when you hang with friends it's either because you have the same qualities or you want to be you want to be like them so just just remember that yeah be picky about who you have in your space so if you keep um if you have if you're hanging around with well i'm not gonna say anything but yeah if you're hanging (laughs) around
0: with negative people then i mean that's kind of what you're gonna get so find your pay your place of peace and start dealing with the issues within have a good one y'all toodles